I don't know why I, I chose these words or said these words. They just came up and out of me in the midst of the panic <laughs> and chaos in the room. But I just remember mm. grabbing your hand and then just saying, hey, look at me, look at me. And then just saying, you know, trust, we're being held right now. Right now, we are being held. Mm. And I remember saying that to you as they willed you away. And I'll never forget you looking back at me right before you went through the doors and into that operating room. And I just had to say it to myself, like, okay, we're being held, we're Mm. being held, we're being held. Yeah, yeah, makes me emotional, actually. Um, I remember catching your eyes and feeling like, okay, he's confident. (laughs) Like, he, he feels confident. When I didn't, I felt terrified. <laughs> remember a week ago remember a week ago our baby sophie london campbell is a week old today today one week how, birthday how do you feel getting through this first week oh it's every emotion you can imagine <laughs> it's bliss it's exhaustion it's so much joy so much gratitude i feel like it's the rainbow of emotions right on any given moment <laughs> they can switch too. you can go from elation <laughs> Like, wait, what's happening? Am I just overly happy uh-huh. or am I actually sad and <laughs> grieving? When you went to the gym the other day, I stood and I held her and I was like dancing to this song, just like crying so much about her being here. Mm-hmm. And it's it's joy. It's also yeah. like so much change and then grief and, and how she came into the world. Yeah. And yeah. Just so many different emotions. So many different emotions. <laughs> and uh, before we jump into today's episode, which is really just going to be our birth story. Yes. Um, how all of this went down for us and our experience through it all. Um, and that's what we really want to talk about on today's episode. But before we get started, mm-hmm. uh, how about last week's episode? Oh, last week's episode was so good. It really was. I feel like we didn't really promote it very much just <laughs> well, because we were we, kind of we preoccupied. <laughs> uh, but we had Kimberly Snyder on. Um, she's a three times New York best-selling author, uh-huh. um, has a new book out, You Are More Than You Think You Are. Yeah, it's and such a good book. And she just absolutely crushed that podcast with all about how to unlock your true Mm. self she really did and she's so good at um breaking down concepts i feel like she's really good at blending what some people might call the woo woo with actual data and science and and giving you concrete examples of how to live into that yeah absolutely highly recommend that you check it out um when you have a chance again the episode before that uh did we just become best friends with amy weatherly and (laughs) jess johnson their book broke amazon yeah they really they sold out uh, a couple of different times and i think they hit the best-selling list i'm so excited for them and i think that's an episode you would absolutely love to i love the energy that we have with this podcast these these episodes really good conversations happening that conversation with uh did we just become best friends if you want to laugh listen to that one so much much laughter conversation but uh for today's episode again uh if you are listening to this then you know uh probably by the beginning of this podcast that our birth plan Mm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. did not go down anything 
like we expected yeah. it to go down. You know what I was thinking about? Uh, and I'm going to cut you off there. No, but you're good. You know when we found out that we were having a baby? Uh-huh. And I, I said this, I think, in another episode or at some point. But when we went to the doctor to um, do the anatomy scan. Uh-huh. Or it was the, the first ultrasound, ultrasound. The first yeah. ultrasound. Um, and I went through every, you know, worst case scenario. <laughs> yeah. I went through everything. Yeah. But when we got in there, we sat down, and the first thing the nurse said was, well, let's see if there's two of them in there. <laughs> and I was like, wait, what? I feel like I didn't even consider like that, that possibility. thought didn't cross my mm-hmm. mind that there could be mm-hmm. more than one. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, shit. And so, again, I found myself, as we were getting ready for um, our due date and, yeah. bringing, and bringing Sophie into the world, uh, <laughs> I went through all of these different scenarios, scenarios. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But again, the one that I did not go to was exactly what happened. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, I'm excited to have this conversation because I, I feel like something I've been processing in this past week since her birth is how we do. We make plans yeah, and we should because that's how <laughs> how we live and we do the very best we can to prepare. And then life generally throws some kind of curveball and yeah. something happens that's you know completely out of our control and life life and it forces us to pivot and that's where you know the the learning and the processing and all of that is but it really did go completely opposite of <laughs> yeah. what I wanted so before we dive into the actual day um, let's talk about leading up to the day mm-hmm. let's talk about what your thoughts are, because I know we've had countless walks and yeah. we've talked about our birth plan and what you really wanted to do and yeah. what you wanted to experience and how you had kind of imagined this day playing out. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I feel like the thing that I looked forward to the most was labor. Yeah. Right. I had said, I'm so excited to give birth. And I think for me, uh, part of that comes from how much healing work I've done with my own body of getting connected to my own body and, and being in my own body and really moving in my life from this place of, uh, self-hatred towards my body to really loving and appreciating it. And, and that has been a lifelong journey. And so I think in this pregnancy, when I envisioned her birth, I was like, I can't wait to labor. I can't wait to go through this thing that my body has been created for, right? Like when I think about the female body, we're created for this. We're created to create life, which is phenomenal. And pregnancy was relatively easy on me, right? Like I didn't have, I didn't have morning sickness. I didn't have some of the stuff that comes. Migraines. Yeah. I had some, some things, but it was, there was you know, nothing complicated in my pregnancy, yeah. no bad blood work or anything like a that. Healthy baby. Mm-hmm. Consistently healthy checkups and, and whatnot. And so I went into, um, uh, this intention around birth with the idea that I wanted to do as natural as possible, um, unmedicated. And part of my intention with that was that I really wanted to be in my body. Like yeah. I didn't want to be, medicated because I felt like maybe it would it would cause me to feel disconnected from my body yeah. and I wanted to have the full experience of um all of the sensations all yeah. of the the pain the the uh surges as we call them in <laughs> hypnobirthing and so I really set myself up to to go that route so we um we enlisted uh the birthing center as our place of birth mm-hmm. which is 
uh, attached to the hospital, but it's an all natural birthing center. So there's no medication. There's not really monitoring other than a little bit of heart rate monitoring. Um, there's like baths and serenity candles and (laughs) (laughs) diffusers. Like a very chic hotel room. It's like a spa hotel room for birth. And we hired a doula and we've been meeting with our doula consistently to kind of prep um, emotionally for, for this labor and birth. So that was really my intention was to go into the labor space with, um, with a strong mind and a strong body and, uh, and really go through the process of a natural birth. Yeah. I think it's important to note, like, cause we've kind of talked about this, like this wasn't you trying to prove anything with no. a, a natural birth. No. Like you were really just honoring your body, listening mm-hmm. to what you felt like is the most, um, I guess aligned birthing yeah. s- experience that you felt really connected to. Yeah. And that's why you were choosing to go that route. There Absolutely. Was no ser- sort of like, yeah, there was nothing to prove. I, <clears throat> I took, um, you know, some her- hypnobirthing classes and just felt, felt that, uh, as, as the truest truth for right. me. And I think people can do whatever, whatever feels aligned for them. And you should in birth, you should really do what feels Aligned. Aligned for your body. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that was kind of how we set ourselves up for birth. I was doing, you know, consistent meditations around bringing her into the world. And I was talking to her to her every day about birth and what it was going to be like. Yeah. And <laughs> you're going to travel through my body and you're going to come out on the other side. And I was reading, um, reading some really beautiful books about birth and labor and and truthfully, even in hindsight, and we'll get into the story of what actually happened, but I read this book called Mothering from Your Center, and I'm so glad I did. I'm. It's like it's been such a gift, even post birth, because she she probably the author leans probably on the side of of natural birthing, mm-hmm. um, but she doesn't discount any experience. So any experience of birth is valid, and she kind of talks through all the different ways that women birth and and bringing value to those spaces. So we can get into that in a little bit. But reading that book was, again, helping me create in my mind this idea of how this is going to go yeah. and, and how I want this to go. I think that's the biggest thing. It's It was it how I that. wanted it to go. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. And I remember going on a walk with you and you basically verbatim saying to me, I will not, or I do not want a C-section. Oh yeah, I said like, the we're going only thing I don't want. All natural to maybe like if 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 I had that code word pineapple. Yeah. You know, if pineapple is used and if there's still time, like we'll get the epidural. But uh-huh. the last thing that's happening in your mind uh-huh. is a C-section. Can you talk about why? Yeah, yeah I think. Uh, I did say that to you. I remember saying it so vividly and saying it to myself. Like, this is the one thing I don't want. Yeah. I don't want a C-section. Um, I think the why, again, I I really wanted that experience of labor and birth. I wanted the experience of her coming out of my body yeah. and, and then reaching In for her and way. holding yeah. her and experiencing that 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 push and release of her into the world. Um, and I felt like a C-section in my mind, it, uh, invalidated that, Mm -hmm. right. It, it took away the, 
the actual experience of birth. And yeah. that's something I've even been processing is like, did I give birth? Which of course I did. We have yeah. a human sitting, <laughs> <laughs> sitting right here sleeping next to us. But, but did I give birth has been a question running through my mind. Um, and, and so I think this, the C-section in my mind was, I don't want to say a cop out, but, but it felt like that, right? Like yeah. it felt like, Oh, that's like... It's not discrediting anyone else. No, I just had one. (laughs) I just had one and I now, you know... Which uh, we can talk about with all of the, you know, the post... I I mean, I must must have watched 150 Instagram posts mm -hmm. of, you know, women giving these natural births, Mm -hmm. you know, so to prepare myself, what I was getting ready to experience... And, you know, the one thing I don't see on all of these accounts is anything about Mm -hmm, mm C-sections. And I wanted you to, like, I wanted you to have the experience of watching me give birth, right? Like, I wanted you to to be there to catch her and to cut the umbilical cord. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, I think think in my mind, the C-section took away all of those possibilities. And so it was the one thing I didn't want. Yeah. And so we were... um, it was it was Sunday, uh-huh. and we what, what day was it? January twenty three. Twenty three. Yeah, her and due date was the twenty fourth. Her due date was the twenty fourth, and I will say that out of the entire pregnancy, I feel like this little in stretch mm. was the hardest. Oh yeah. Where I don't think anybody really because <laughs> we asked a that. lot of questions yeah. for a lot of people about birthing experiences and you know to do's and to don'ts and all these different things and nobody really talked about how like the anticipation of this child coming into the world just it just really squeezes you like it's just like get here yeah and we also I mean I also um (laughs) in my all my apps it said that yeah, she was due on the ourselves. 21st. We screwed ourselves. Yeah, we really did. We screwed ourselves because it said she was due on the 21st. And then my doctor had charted me on the 24th. So but they had given us 24, 21st. Yeah. So but when we, we went to the doctor, she, our doctor was like, no, it's the 24th. Yeah. She, she was pretty adamant about yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> she clarified it for us yeah. that it was the 24th. But, but when but, she didn't come from the 21st. Uh-huh. Those three days were like, get here. Right. It, felt like, it felt like she was late now. I've heard that from so many women. Uh, the, those final days are just brutal. Uh, yeah. Cause you, you're kind of in limbo and you're so excited, but you're also like very uncomfortable you're not making plans. You're not doing anything with life. Because yeah. It could be happening any moment. And your body's like, get this thing out of me. But also, oh my gosh, this is the last few days of ever carrying <laughs> you. It's, it's so many, so many intense emotions. Um, but yeah, we kind of screwed ourselves cause we had <laughs> the expectation of right. the 21st. And so on that Sunday, I, not to embarrass you, but you were constipated. Yes. <laughs> you had not Very common uh, had in a pregnancy. bowel movement. Yeah, for uh, two or three days. Mm-hmm. God, that would just be It was pretty miserable. Awful. Yeah. <laughs> and we got home and you had talked to a few of your really close friends. Uh-huh. Um, and they all kind of said, hey, the solution to that and also to inducing labor uh-huh. is castor oil. Castor oil. <laughs> and I talked to a midwife friend and she's like, yeah, it's a it's a, a commonly yeah. used thing. Um, and so I, mean, I put castor oil on my head once to try to make my hair grow back. <laughs> Did it work? Nope. <laughs> clearly not <laughs> well you you didn't keep doing it yeah so. i did it for a good two weeks and uh, i looked just oil running down my head i ruined my pillowcases <laughs> just done so sunday we decide i'm gonna take some castor oil which if you are pregnant and you want to induce labor i would not suggest it i you know a lot of people suggested yeah. it to me i would not 
Just um, because of your experience. Because of my experience. but Other people have had good experiences. Yeah, that's true. And you took very little. Yeah, I took very little. Like a tablespoon. Tablespoon and a half or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You took very little. Very little. Uh, so it definitely produced a bowel movement. <laughs> <It was laughs> within not, minutes. Within, I was not constipated anymore. Um, and that was like at five in, in the evening. And then at about, gosh, nine o'clock we went to bed. <laughs> and... We got into bed and I suddenly started having intense intestinal pain, yeah. like like convulsions. And I know this about my body. I'm very sensitive to laxative type things. Um, my GI tract is probably too sensitive for stuff like that. And my body just rejected the castor right. oil. It was mad about it. And what ended up happening is I started having these intense like intestinal pain contractions Um every three to 10 minutes. And at first I didn't wake you up cause I was yeah. like, I'll just go get in the bath and I'll be okay. Yeah. But they weren't, they didn't feel like contractions. They felt like, um, like, like bad poop cramps, like oh. really, really bad poop cramps. So, uh, that went on for a couple hours and then they intensified. Um, and then you woke me up around 1am. Yeah. I woke you up in convulsing screaming yeah. pain. At this point I was like, so, so, uncomfortable in pain and i have a you know i have a really high pain tolerance i feel pretty good about handling pain very um it's when you don't know what's causing the pain yes that makes you kind of panicky or slash which is reasonable yes but it's when you don't know what's causing the pain so when yeah if i know there's a purpose i'm like oh i can do anything (laughs) but if it's if it's confusing ambiguous pain yeah like what Mm -hmm. is happening the other thing to note is that I had felt a couple weeks prior yeah. that um, Sophie was, there was something different about how she was moving in my body. Right. I had said to you even like, I feel like she's not moving as much. And, um, it, and, and so in, in this time she wasn't moving at all. Like yeah. during all of this pain, she wasn't moving and I was so used to her moving. So that was making me Especially concerned at night. at night. Yeah. So we called the doctor we called the doctor around mm-hmm. 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. And if I could have reached through the phone and mm-hmm. grabbed her, <laughs> I would have. Because she said. She was just a probably little. <laughs> probably shouldn't have taken castor well, oil. No shit, Sherlock. Like, yeah, in duh. hindsight, thanks. Like, this wasn't helpful. Duh. She just essentially said, you know, like, if the pain continues uh-huh. uh, within, like, you know, next 90 minutes or whatever, then she should come in. Uh-huh. Um, but for now, only thing she can do is hydrate and take some Tylenol. And ride it out. And just ride it out. Yeah, so. she... she she said there's really nothing to do other than to let it move. She was system. so passive aggressive. I was just like, <laughs> okay, hold up. Uh, I know we're all tired here, but come true, on. True. Give me a break. Um, and so that pain continued until 6 a.m. Well, we called our doula. We also, called our doula. And, and she said the same, same thing. thing. She, and I felt so guilty at this point. Yeah. I was like embarrassed. I was like, why did yeah. I take castor oil? What's the wrong with decision. me? Yeah. Uh, just so upset with myself. Um, just feeling like, did I mess it up? Right. Honestly, feeling like, did I mess it up? So um, the pain continued. At one point, I'm like rolling on the ball, screaming. Yeah. <laughs> like so dramatic. And Trying to give you crackers, giving you water, uh-huh. anything to just like uh-huh. help alleviate some of that pain. And nothing was working. Nothing was finally working. And what we know now, what we think we know now is that the castor oil did trigger contractions, contractions. but they weren't doing anything. Yeah. They were, I wasn't dilating. I, my labor wasn't progressing. Nothing was moving along. So at about seven 
in the morning? Yeah, around 6.30. But mm-hmm. we, I think we finally left at 7. I had the car running for like an hour. Yeah. Um, you were... Like, enough is enough. We're going to the hospital. You were very good with me because I get so stubborn. No. <laughs> <laughs> I just... I also... this. We have to clarify this. With the birthing center... Right. They will send you home if you're not five centimeters dilated. That's what we knew. We knew that going, you were only, what, two centimeters? Two centimeters, yeah. Uh, dilated. We knew that we were not going to be admitted to the hospital. Mm-hmm. We were going to go there. They were going to check you out. And we were just going to come home mm-hmm. and then labor until you were five centimeters. And then we would go to the birthing center. Yeah. And because I was having this crazy pain, I didn't want to be in a car. Yeah. And then get there and have them say, like, oh, oh sorry, well, go home. Go home. So I, we kept kind of, I kept procrastinating around going to the hospital. Um, but then just to give us a peace of mind around Sophie, I was like, yeah. let's go to the hospital. We need to hear her heartbeat. Monitor around mm-hmm. her, heart rate monitor around her and just make sure everything is okay. And then if we come home, we'll come home and then just continue the journey. Yeah. Because right before we left, mm-hmm. I don't know if this is uh, TMI, but like your mucus plug began to kind of like drop. Yeah. Right before yep. we left, which is a clear indication that labor is kind of here. Labor's coming. Labor's coming. Mm-hmm. And then when we got to the hospital, we I remember this nurse uh, was so just can we just give like a massive shout out to St. Thomas Midtown. St. Thomas Midtown. And if you're in Nashville, <laughs> go have your baby at St. Thomas. Like, I go am do anything so at St. Thomas Midtown. For all of them and yeah. all of the medical professionals. They were just beyond we above had and beyond. Incredible care yeah incredible care because she was you know i think her name was amy well so to to clarify we right. get to the hospital i tell them what's happening but she was, I was what i was saying she was just so gentle. she's like honey what is wrong like talk to me here I'm yeah just like, oh thank god you're so like gentle comforting and gentle uh-huh. and so they admit they triaged me they triaged you and that's when your mucus pug did fully drop mm-hmm. and as soon as you got on the bed mm-hmm. contractions hit hit like a storm every yeah. four minutes a minute long and wildly intense right. So but again, intense. you were still only two centimeters dilated. Mm-hmm. She checked mm-hmm. only two centimeters dilated. And then we were laying there for about an hour. Yeah. She <laughs> said, let's just lay here for an hour. Let's monitor the baby. And then if you decide to go natural, you're, you're going to have to go home until yeah. you're five centimeters um, or wait yeah. until I'm five centimeters. And then uh, we can discuss. She said we can discuss other options, too. Right. I have that video of you in a contraction because <laughs> I remember in what the, your birthing meditations uh-huh. like part of it is like you are the pain uh-huh like the pain's pain, not happening to me like you are i the am the pain. pain the pain is uh and we like, don't call it pain we call, call it a surge yeah the surge mm-hmm. you are the surge and it's a wave and like mm-hmm. you become one with it and you <laughs> ride it out right like that was your whole kind of mantra uh-huh. and i'm like i'm into this like uh-huh. you know like okay I'm, I'm into this and i can stand by your side while you know, you becoming the wave, uh-huh. you know, becoming the surge. And I remember in one of the contractions, I was like, babe, you are the pain. You are the pain. You are the pain. And she was like, what did you say? You were I like, don't I don't want to be the pain. I want to be floating in a cloud. <laughs> That's what I felt. So I was I like, I, help but laugh. I don't want to be the pain. I want to be floating. But um, that's when we were, we were there for about an hour. And mm-hmm. I remember the nurse coming in and she, she kind of expressed a little concern. Yeah. Essentially, she says, here's what we're looking at. Here's what we want to see in regards to the baby's heartbeat. And well, first, she said to me, remember, she said, uh, here's here's what we're looking at in the sense that you're two centimeters dilated. Yeah. Most likely, this is going to go on for another 24, 36 hours. Right. We don't know because you're not really progressing. Yeah. And 
I was having consistent contractions every four minutes for a minute long. And she was like, if you want to do that for another 24 hours, absolutely, you're at this this moment, like your stomach is just hard as a rock. It was like you did 10,000 sit ups. Yeah. And you didn't sleep at night. Yeah. Before going and starting your contractions. So your body, you were not prepared to do that kind of extensive labor. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's when the nurse was like, honey, like this is, you can do whatever you want. Like if you want the epidural, get the epidural, like it's okay. And she gave you full permission. Yeah. Which I feel like this is really interesting. I think we haven't really talked about this and really processed it. Mm-hmm. We've kind of in passing, I've been talking about it, but we've mostly been staring at a cute new yeah. <laughs> googly eyed. But it's been so interesting to see because like you're, you really speak very heavily and highly on uh, trusting your body and listening to your body. And, you know, trusting your body could have looked like, no, I'm going to trust that I can handle this pain and Mm -hmm. I'm going to continue my all natural and I'm just going to go home and I'm going to trust that it's Mm -hmm. okay. It's okay. It's okay. But at the same time you were doing this act of listening Mm. and you even looked at me and you said, I feel like for whatever reason, like, I should get the epidural. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, are you sure? Is this when I tell you, shut <laughs> up? No, you're not getting the epidural. Be strong. Be strong. Yeah. And, you know, like you're not saying the code word pineapple, uh-huh. but I, I resonated deeply with what you were saying. And I'm like, yes, that's yeah. a great idea. Get the epidural. Yeah. It really, it really, um, it was this act of listening to myself, listening to my body. And I, in the present moment, in the present moment, because before, if you had asked me a week prior, I would have been very like, no, I'm not going to do an epidural. Yeah, I want to feel everything yeah. that's trusting my body. But in that moment, I knew how exhausted I was. I hadn't slept at all. I knew how depleted and dehydrated I was. Yeah. And I knew that there was no way I would last 24 hours in that kind of pain. And so for me and, and that nurse too, just giving me the permission, just saying like, this is your journey. You get to do what you want to do. Which I was glad that you did because when you said yes to the epidural, I knew that they were going to admit us Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because the nurse had expressed some irregularities inside of the heartbeat Mm -hmm. patterns. And she had enough concern to go get the on-call doctor Mm -hmm. to come in and and kind of talk to us about what's going on. Yeah. So we were in the hospital for about an hour and 20 minutes, probably an hour and 25 minutes in triage. Yeah. And then that's when they wheeled us up to our room. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's when we shifted from the birthing center to now being in the hospital room and you getting an epidural. Yep. So then Amanda Ardula comes. Which is... She's, well, we have a lot to say about Amanda. <laughs> we but. love her so much. She was a godsend. So um, if you're going to give birth, I highly recommend a doula. So we got admitted to the hospital. And Amanda comes and she's uh, helping set up the room and, you know, bring in essential oils and dim the lighting. And they're getting me prepped for, for the epidural. And... Uh, the anesthesiologist comes in and he's starting to prep me for the epidural and he's, you know, running me through all of the, what do you call that? Liabilities, I guess. Yeah. Um, the checklist. Mm-hmm. And as he's doing that, our nurse, um, who's assigned to us, gets on the phone. Well, the nurse, no, let me, <laughs> I want to like our, our nurse, the nurse that we had in triage was so peaceful. Yeah. She was so calm, cool and collected. The moment our new nurse walked in. Yeah bless her heart amazing she had frantic energy all over her where i was a little like i remember looking at her doula amanda and being like "Eh, is there a way to switch out nurses (laughs) 
because I just didn't vibe with her at all. And yeah. I knew that she was a little chaotic. Little jittery. A little jittery, a little chaotic, a little frantic. She mm. felt frantic. And so right before the epidural happened, the heartbeat monitor, mm-hmm. like something like was the heartbeat monitor of our baby, you know, dropped, mm-hmm. indicating the drop like significantly. And then she got frantic. Mm-hmm. She got really frantic. But then it immediately responded mm. and it came back up. Yeah. And then that's when the epidural guy continued to talk. Uh-huh. And then within like two minutes or after another one of your contractions, the heartbeat dropped again. And then that's when, before we knew it, there were 20 nurses inside of our hospital. Yeah. Room. Yeah. Flipping me over. They thought that maybe her cord was coming yeah. out. So they didn't, uh, they did an exam to make sure her cord wasn't coming out and they flipped me to my side again to try to regulate because sometimes babies their heart rates drop in labor it just happens um so they were trying to regulate her heartbeat and they got it regulated they called they yeah they called my doctor over our doctor that we've been seeing Mm -hmm. and she came in because another doctor came in and we were told that the on-call doctor would be delivering the baby yeah um but but our our doctor whose office was right across the street we called, they called her and mm-hmm. she came in and she had been monitoring she, baby's heart rate since triage. So yes. she kind of was in the know about what was going on. And essentially what we know now is Sophie's heart rate consistently would drop when I would have a contraction, which again, baby's heart rates drop a lot in labor, but it was a pretty significant drop every time I had a contraction. It was kind getting of, lower and lower and lower and, and lower. Yeah, and kind of communicating to us that she was in some kind of distress Stress. when I was having yeah. contractions. Again, she was up with me all night. I was in pain. Yeah. There's probably a lot of factors going in, but they just were concerned. And so they were monitoring the heart rate, really wanting it to stabilize and yeah. regulate. And also kind of saying, you know, just in the same way that I couldn't do another 24 hours of intense yeah. <laughs> pain. We don't know if this baby's heart can Could do, do 24 hours of, of contraction. So the fact that you weren't dilating and then every time you had a contraction, her heartbeat would drop was mm-hmm. kind of indicating that, hey, the baby doesn't like labor. Uh-huh. But that wasn't even the, you know, the end of it all. Like they, were, they weren't like, oh, we got to go into surgery now. Mm-hmm. The heartbeat went back up. Went back up. Everybody clear the room. Yep. Right. Amanda was getting ready to do her thing. To I make, got the epidural. You got the epidural. Which was a sweet relief of heaven. <laughs> right. I was floating on a cloud I'm then. I'm getting ready to walk out and grab some food uh-huh. um, to let you rest. I was going to take a nap. they were like, Kara, take a nap, get some rest. So mm-hmm. that was where we were headed. Mm-hmm. And then right before, thank God I didn't leave, but right before we walked out of the room, mm-hmm. same thing happened. The nurse called for help. There were 15 nurses inside of our room. room. And then our doctor comes again back. gets called again, and she comes back. And when she, I remember when she walked in the second time, I was like, shit, there's concern written all over her face. Mm. Yeah, because my doctor is then. even keel not stressed, so laid back. She's so calm and grounding. And that second time she came back, she yeah. was concerned. She was and concerned. she came over to me and she, she said, uh, you know, we want to monitor yeah. the and baby's heart rate. And then that's when the baby's heart rate started going back up. She's mm-hmm. like, sometimes, see, we just need to turn you over. Uh-huh. We need to flip you over. She's like, I'm going to stay here for a few minutes yeah. and just watch. And she did. And, uh, I was literally getting ready to go, go to sleep. I was like going to take a nap and, um, and the heart rate, all of a sudden the monitor started going off and yeah. it dropped significantly. So dropped to give below 60, 
Uh, 70. So to give you context, a baby's heart rate needs to be 130 to 150. That's like a healthy range. In the contractions, they were dropping to about 110. And then after this, it dropped to under 70. And Dr. Samples was not having it. She was like, this is, this is so dangerous. Well, I just remember her leaning over, mm-hmm. looking at you. She grabbed me. She grabbed you by the face and she just said, cause you started getting like, you know, you started getting worked I, up. I don't want to say worked up. Because I was, it, it was, worked I was, up. I'm it was not so that emotional. In a, in a degrading way. Like mm-hmm. you started getting emotional. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to like, like, wait, what are you saying? Yeah. Like nobody's actually saying C-section. Like yeah. Nobody's actually saying emergency surgery. I knew surgery. before she told me anything, I knew because there were so many people in the room. I was like, this is, this is not going well. Like yeah. something is going down. Well, we knew that, but I didn't know what the alternative was. Mm-hmm. Nobody communicated that until I heard Dr. Samples reach at you and say, Kara, I know this is not Kara. I know this is not what you had planned. I know this is not what you wanted. Mm-hmm. She goes, but this is life and death for your baby. Yeah. We need to get your baby out now. I had a C, she even kind of consoled you. Like I had a C-section. She's like, I didn't want to have my C-section. And I had to have had it. She's like, I'm going to take care of you. Mm-hmm. And then everybody was mobilized. Yeah. She was seconds. a commander. <laughs> Like you, this, you, this, you, this, yeah. you, this. And then I kept, s- I kept, I kept saying though, like, no, I don't want, I don't want a C-section. Yeah. I don't want that. And she, she was so, um, yeah, just really, really, uh, secure in what she was saying and, was. and just said, listen, this is life and death. But, yeah. And, and again, I, I think that I, I knew I was going to have at this point, I'm like, okay, I'm having a C-section. I don't want this. And, and I, all of the processing started happening right there, yeah. right? Of like, no, this is absolutely not what I want. It's the opposite of what I want. Yeah. Um, and, and you just said this, but everyone mobilized. It became chaos in the room. So people are asking me about my blood type and if I'll take a blood transfusion and am I allergic so to anything? And, um, and everyone's prepping for the OR and getting people in scrubs and, and whatnot. That's when I knew, like, when that nurse looked at you and she was like, if we need to give you a blood transfusion to save your life or your baby's life, do you give us permission? I'm like, hold up. <laughs> yeah. Like, what is going on We went right from, now? like, getting ready to nap, thinking that I have another yeah, 24 I mean, hours of labor to within seven minutes. Within Yeah, within the next five minutes, Yeah, this had taken a hard right a hard right turn and i remember going over to dr samples as they were getting ready they were unhooking the monitors or whatever so they could will you out of the room Mm -hmm. and i said just tell me is kara going to be okay Mm -hmm. she grabbed me by the arm she said kayla we do this a lot like she's going to be okay Mm -hmm. i'm like okay so also side note doula (laughs) amanda is there stroking my hair calming me down such a gift to have a, a person who was so stable through yeah. the whole process. She did not budge mm. emotionally. Mm-hmm. She was right there, was supportive, mm-hmm. connected, yep. so wise, so gentle, so clear. Yeah. And just like was just a rock. Yeah. Yeah. And I really trusted her like insight too. You know, she, yeah. she just was, she was so grounding. <clears throat> so they take me, they wheel me into the OR. Again, I'm weeping crying yeah. because I'm having this process of like, no, you're taking away my birth. Like yeah. you're taking away the thing that I want more than anything. And that's not fair. <laughs> and it makes me emotional. I want to cry. Um, uh, so I get into the OR and I, I joke that it was like an episode of Grey's Anatomy. It's like fluorescent lights everywhere and yeah. chaos and 20 people and scrubs and masks and, 
And was I wearing ma- a mask? I don't even know if I was wearing you a mask. You did have a mask on. Yeah. So they bring me in and they put they, up this huge screen yeah. in front of me. And then they start prob- like probing at me. Yeah. Uh, what we also know now, which I think is such a beautiful thing to note, is uh, that the epidural was a huge game changer, lifesaver. Dr. Sample said, you know, we think it might have saved her life. Because I had the epidural, they were able to get me into surgery so quickly. Whereas um, if I hadn't had had the epidural, they would have had to put me under or it would have the taken... The big thing was is I think it, I think you would have gone under rather quickly. The yeah. big thing is you would have woke up and, and not had known. no idea yeah. where your baby is, what happened. What happened. So you would have completely missed that, mm-hmm. that part. And so it was so we were so grateful that you did in fact have the epidural yeah. so that they didn't have to put you under. They could just cut you open. Yeah. Right there. They just took me. So as they willed you in, they looked at me and said, dad, we need you to stay here. Mm. Put scrubs on. <laughs> fucking scrubs. <laughs> they put scrubs on. And then once she's prepped, we'll, we'll bring you in. Yep. <laughs> they don't make scrubs for big boys. <laughs> just put it that way. I busted through two scrubs. <gasps> They wouldn't fit around Whoopsies. my shoulders. And I started getting kind of angry. No, no. I was cool. I was calm. I was just like, can somebody just give me bigger scrubs? Mm. Like, that's all I need. Yeah. So I was probably like 30 seconds to maybe 45 seconds because they were calling for me to come in to be by your side. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't have, I couldn't zip up my scrubs without ripping them. Yeah. And so I finally got into the bunny suit or whatever and they brought me in. And that's when I was like, whoa, blood everywhere. Blood. <laughs> like, that's a lot of blood. Uh, but then I went immediately to, to your me. side. Yeah. And I was just by your side that whole time. Yeah. Like sweetly talking in my ear. From them willing you out of the OR or from our room Mm. and into the OR to our baby being out might have felt like seven minutes. Yeah. Maybe that. Seven minutes. It was so fast. And then later on when our doctor visited us in our room the next day, I asked her like, how serious was this? Mm -hmm. Because she asked Kara like, how, how was your incision? And Mm -hmm. Kara's like, it hurts. And she's like, well, we weren't gentle. We had to rip you open fast. Uh And she did verbalize like we at that time didn't know because the heart rate was dropping and continuing and to not drop. Coming back up. We didn't know how responsive the baby would be when we pulled her out. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So we do. <clears throat> I remember vividly of them pulling out the baby and then hearing she's covered in meconium. Oh, lots of meconium. Mm-hmm. And she's not crying. Well, the cord is wrapped around the cord, her. And she said the cord is wrapped around her and she's not crying. Like, yeah. come on. And I heard do- our doctor say, just come on, baby, cry, cry, cry. Uh-huh. And I could and feel I'm them hearing slapping, that. like slapping her a little uh-huh. bit. And then finally I heard a little bit of a cry. And that's when I was like. Whoa. Yeah, I'm hearing okay. that and just begging someone to tell me that it's yeah. okay. Like, is she okay? Is she okay? She needs her mommy. I kept saying <laughs> she needs her mommy. Yeah. And again. Like when I think about what I had envisioned in this moment, in this moment, I envisioned my baby coming out of my body and being laid on my chest and having skin to skin immediately and cuddling and you, you know, delaying, cutting the cord and delaying the cord cutting and then you cutting the the cord and, and then birthing the placenta and then encapsulating (laughs) the placenta. And (laughs) instead I'm laying, looking up at fluorescent lights, not even knowing if my baby's breathing, freaking out, feeling so trapped and disconnected from, from her. And again, begging for someone to tell me she's okay. Yeah. So they bring her over to the NICU nurses the, in the room. In the room. In and the then room. that's when they say, Daddy, come with us. Mm-hmm. And I walked over there. And then thankfully they allowed. I'm pretty sure it was our doctor 
that said, where's the doula? Yeah, because they, they weren't going to let, the let her in. in. They just mm-hmm. let me in. So she was outside waiting. I love our doctor. I know. And so she advocated to let the doula in. So mm-hmm. the doula came in, took my seat next to Kara's head. And literally just like knew how to, to, console, you. to console me. And she then I was with head. Sophie. Uh-huh. And then they basically explained to me what was going on. They had tubes down her throat. They were suctioning out all this meconium. She was so purple. Mm-hmm. So purple. And green from poop. Right. And it was just like and they if were wiping her off. If you're listening to this and you don't know what meconium is. So yeah. basically what had happened, we should give some context to this, is that uh, Sophie had been swimming in meconium which is baby poop for about two weeks they think they think we can't actually know how long but the amount uh was very significant so she had been covered in it and it was like in her ears and down her throat so every time she was experiencing a contraction in my body it was squeezing her so tightly and she was cutting off her air supply she was in distress because she was her lungs were coated in this nasty and this is really common with with babies is that everything about our story (laughs) is pretty common it's common it happens often Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it was just very unexpected yeah fast and traumatic yeah very which is what we're kind of processing now yeah 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 so yeah it is very common it's not like it's different than like scheduling a c-section right going in and having the surgery right yeah no and and you know, there, there's no way to know yeah. either about the meconium. There's yeah. no way to know like, oh, she's been. boggling to me. I know. But I did, I did tell you she's been moving differently. Yeah. At her last doctor's appointment, her heart rate was a little lower than but it normally had been. not to express concern. No, no concern. But it was a little lower. And, different. And we just, you know, chalked it up to her whatever. Being her being bigger. And so, um. Yeah, so you went over and you stood with her as they cleaned I her stood off. With her as they cleaned her off, and then she was crying, and then she would stop crying, and she'd get really still, and they would just like slap her feet. The mm. bottom, come on, baby, come on, baby, come on, mm. baby. And I'm just like, talk to me, like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And basically, I saw the big countdown clock that was right there. They had her under like these heating lamps, and they were suctioning out everything from her her lungs, um, and out of her throat. And they said, like, we need her vitals to hit these numbers. And they told me the numbers before mm-hmm. that clock runs out. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like I was there for 30 seconds, but I'm standing there for about 25 minutes. Yeah. By yeah. the time they called me over and I'm just watching as they crazy how long that was. It was so long. It went by so fast. Because it was a 30 fast. minute timer. And mm-hmm. they are basically, these two nurses were going back and forth saying, you know, do we admit her to the NICU? Like, mm-hmm. like let's wait and see, wait and see, wait and see. Oh, you're, she's getting better. Oh, no, she's dropping. Mm-hmm. She's getting better. Just going back and forth. And then finally, so I figured, I realized that, okay, if she's not at these vitals by this time, this clock runs out, she's going to the NICU. Mm-hmm. And that's when the nurse said, you probably won't see her for anywhere from two to five days yeah. um, until we really can determine everything is okay. If her vitals do reach this number, we're just going to take her to transition. Mm. We're going to take her to transition and we're going to be with her for anywhere from an hour to three hours. And then she'll be back with you. Mm-hmm. And f- no one was communicating this to me. I'm glad nobody. I would have been freaking yeah, out. Nobody. So I kept looking at you saying, she's good, she's good, she's good. Mm-hmm. Like just trying to like give you some peace of mind. Hey, she's okay. She's here. She's crying. She's yeah. alive. We're okay. But then I also knew that this was going on. And then back in my head, I'm like, how am I going to explain this to Kara if yeah. they have to take her baby and Kara doesn't get even to hold her or to see her before they take her out of this room? Yeah. I think I want to note that. Like I feel like in an emergency C-section, that is probably one of the hardest 
experiences for a mom and I'm speaking from my experience, so I can't speak for all women, but, but to give birth to something and then not be able yeah. to hold it is like so painful. Yeah. It's so painful. And then <laughs> I, you did have enough, like, whatever in you to make a joke <laughs> because you're like, she's covered in poop. Oh, you're like your daddy, huh? <laughs> and then what, who was it? The anesthesiologist? Yeah, anesthesiologist yeah. Yeah. He was like, Oh, daddy liked the poop. huh? <laughs> and I was like, I'm regular. Okay. So we had like a little light moment. I there. had to like, yeah. for my own sanity, I had to like make some lightness yeah. because I was, I was feeling so disappointed and so upset. And like, I was feeling a ton of guilt too. And I, I remember looking at doctor samples after the C-section and asking like, is this my fault? Is this the castor oil that did this? And, um, and she said, no, actually it, it might be a really huge benefit that you took the castor oil. That's the thing that we'll talk about at the end Mm -hmm. as we look at this from the other side Mm -hmm. now and being like, oh shit. Yeah. And so what happened was about 90 seconds before that timer ran out. Yeah. Ran out. Her vitals hit where they needed to hit and they remained consistent for like 30 seconds or a minute or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they looked at each other and they said, I think she's okay. Let's take her to transition. Mm. (sighs) And I was just like, thank God. Because then they said, does mom want to hold her? I begged. Absolutely. I said, I need my baby. And so you were able to have that, you know, they said 30 seconds and you held on to her for like two and a half minutes. Yeah. And And then I asked for her again before she went. And so you got to hold her there for a few minutes at Mm -hmm. least. Uh, before she was taken out she was so this is where we were so grateful that we have a doula because the doula was stayed with you and advocated because they everything it was so great because doctors like one doctor was like daddy can't come another doctor was like daddy can come and so i'm like tell me what's going on Mm -hmm. and finally i'm like i'm going with Mm you um so i was able to go with sophie yeah and to the transition and be with her as they monitored. And, t- and then the doula was able to go with you. Like, I would have been so torn Yeah. if we didn't have the doula. And I'm like, do I go see my wife? Yeah. Do I go see my daughter? What the heck do yeah. I do right Where now? Where do I go? And so knowing that I had open communication with Amanda or doula, she was mm-hmm. with you. You were in recovery now. Mm-hmm. And then I could go stand by Sophie's side. And honestly, like, they, the doctors came out. I left for maybe t- five minutes to go see you. Mm. Because like, hey, I want to go see you. We had a chance to talk yeah. for a moment. Yeah. And then I went back. Yeah. And I just o- kept being like, is she okay? And I'm like, she she's okay. okay. She's okay. She's okay. They're doing some t- more tests, but mm-hmm. everything's looking good now. And that's when the nurse came out and was just like, hey, we're just waiting on our pediatrician's phone call. And once that comes through, we can release her and, and bring her to mom. Yeah. Um, and I just remember the, having this moment of like, I can go be with Kara for sure. I know she's being taken care of. She's with Amanda. Mm-hmm. And I had this moment where I was like, if one day Sophie ever asked if I ever left her side, mm. I can say no. Yeah. You know, I was yeah, with her that with whole, her, time. whole time. Mm-hmm. And like that meant so much to me. Yeah. That I was like, okay, I know it. Because it turned out to be three and a half hours. Yeah. And I didn't want her to be alone. Yeah. Like it I, turned out to be three and a half hours in transition. Uh-huh. And then I just stood there looking at her through this window. Didn't yeah. budge. <laughs> just stood you there. You were like FaceTiming our friends. Trying to like, like everyone, oh. everybody was calling. And then yeah. I, I had text a few people as you were being wheeled into OR. Just like, hey, please pray. Yeah. This just took a hard right turn. And yeah. I don't know what's happening really. Yeah. I really felt like, um, 
like I read through all my texts that I was getting while I was in the OR and I, I feel so covered and supported. I feel like in this whole, this whole story, that's the thing that I keep coming back to. And you said this in the beginning, the sense of being held, but I feel like we were so covered. And again, it, it's a dramatic birth story and it, it is common and it happens a lot, but I think when you're living inside of it, just feeling the intensity of it, and then you get to the other side, you're like, oh, this, yeah, yeah this But on the other out. side of it now, looking back, mm-hmm. I'm like, Kara, I'm so thankful you took castor oil. Mm-hmm. I'm so thankful that your body went to this, like, like, it all happened the way it was. Because I'm thinking of, like, what would have happened if we had been laboring at home? Mm-hmm. Not monitoring a heart not rate. Not monitoring the heart rates. Yeah. Like, what would have happened then? Yeah. Like, we would have had no idea that our heart, heart rate was dropping. Or if labor just... D- delayed and didn't come on for a few days and she was absolutely literally drowning in this and then like with the minor (laughs) contractions you were having or whatever Uh she was getting more and more distressed and we would have had no idea Mm -hmm. so the fact that you took the castor oil you had this Mm -hmm. bad stomach cramping we end up in triage getting the epidural yeah it played out exactly how i feel like it this is supposed to play out yeah. to make sure that our baby was with us. Today. Yeah. Yeah. Today I was messaging with a friend and I, I said, um, you know, I feel like what happens to be the most amazing, beautiful day of my life, bringing my daughter mm-hmm. into the world also happens to be, uh, the most traumatic, traumatic yeah. in a lot of ways. And, and it's weird that it can be both, right? It's weird that it can, that we can hold space for something to be the worst thing ever. And also I wouldn't have wanted it to go any other way. It needed to go down exactly as it did. And I think there's still a lot of, um, space to process and grieve. Like I I, feel like I feel that way for both of us. Yeah. I'm sorry to cut you off. Keep going. You're good. I was just going to say, I feel like last night we were just sitting on the couch and I, I was experiencing this wave of grief for you actually of like. Oh, you didn't, you didn't get to have a birth either. Like you didn't get to be there catching her and cutting the cord. And, and and the first time I saw our daughter, she had tubes down her throat. Yeah. She was on a table. Yeah. And again, I know this for so many people goes the other direction, Yeah, you know, and Uh it doesn't have a happy ending. Like Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, all I can be thankful for is that you're okay. Our daughter's here. She's as healthy as she could possibly be. And yeah. She has stolen both of our hearts already with one weekend, mm-hmm. but there was this like I was so much I didn't I wasn't panicking. Yeah, I was just so sweet. I'm in my head going through every you know worst case what ifs what's going on. Tell me this. Tell me that. That I wasn't like really engaged and present. Yeah, and obviously there wasn't really a chance for that. And so now like being where I'm at now, I'm kind of processing the grief of like yeah I. I didn't get to cut the cord, you know, yeah. she didn't fall out. And then like, you know, in your arms and we get to have this moment of beautiful connection mm-hmm. with just the three of us. Mm-hmm. Like that's something we'll never, we'll never have that. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it is this moment of like, I can feel the grief of that. I can feel the emotions attached to that. Yeah. And so those are the the things that we're still going to be ongoing. And I think that's processing. why we wanted to have this conversation a week out too, because yeah. it's so fresh and to, and to yeah. actually be in, be in kind of that, transitional I don't know weird space of being so celebratory and also recognizing like oh that sucked like that sucked that it went that way and we didn't want it to go that way and yeah how do you how do you hold space for something that is 
such a gift because yeah. she's safe and she's well and she's thriving. Something that I was thinking about in the shower this morning was kind of like what comes bubbling up in the moments of distress is oftentimes kind of a clear indication of really, you know, what you truly believe. Mm. Like mm-hmm. it shows you like kind of like, yeah, not where you're like at when the cerebral, chaos goes like down, when the, when the chaos happens, like what happens, like, and I'm not saying this in a, a way to undermine anyone, but like for me, you know, I can say I believe X, Y, and Z, but when chaos goes down, I react completely different and clearly like, oh, I might, un- you know, like intellectually understand X, Y, and Z, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I don't actually totally. believe this. But it was so interesting to me and I, got, I was crying in the shower a little bit because I'm like, the first thing that came out of my mouth was like, Kara, look at me, mm-hmm. like catching eyes with you and saying, hey, we are being held right now. Yeah. Our lives yeah. are being held right now. And I leaned on that. Like, we're being held. We're being held. We're being held. Yeah. And I think that's been kind of our journey is, you know, it's why she is called, like we named her Sophie London. You can find that on my website actually. And I'll put the link to the description in this podcast you know, why we named her Sophie London is because that London represents for you in so many ways, you know, the letting go of all of the ways you thought your life was going Mm -hmm. to change, but never did, or what you thought your life was going to look like, but never did. And there was this deep surrendering and what I have experienced in my own life. And all of that happened in London. And so that's why we named her middle name London. She's this representation of the new life that is available on the other side of letting go. Mm -hmm. And from my own experience, what I've realized is that it's in the midst of letting go. And only when we let go, only when we surrender Mm. then and only then Mm -hmm. can we actually experience that our lives are being held. Yeah. Right. And it's that experience that creates the profound inner rest that brings us from trying to move the river of our life forward to now resting in the river and the river is already flowing. It's, it revolutionizes your life when you can truly rest in this thing that we can call love mm. and live and co-partner with it and live your life from this place of rest, mm. knowing that your life is held. Yeah. Like that's been my story. That's been your story. And we really connect over this fundamental truth for our lives. Yeah. And now like, now we have it in our we birth have story. it in our birth story. <laughs> yeah. Like we're being held, we're being held, we're mm-hmm. being held, and also being forced to surrender. Forced exactly, to, absolutely, what and I just trusting that hey, this went down exactly like it was supposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're here now, and we are so obsessed. And again, I just want to say thank you to all our of the doula. yeah, our doula, <laughs> Amanda, our doctor. our doctor, yeah, all the medical professionals at the hospital. Yeah, uh, it was I, just really, really special. I think it was redemptive for me too because I have, you know, I have probably more of a like a suspicion towards modern medical yeah. <laughs> intervention. And I will, was, I will say though, like, yeah. oh, of course we got to go to a C-section. More yeah. money for the hospital. Like yeah. I, I had that thought, and then yeah. I looked at doctors, uh, her eyes, yeah. and then she's like, "This is life or death." I'm like, "Get her ass in the operating room right now." Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, you asked me the other day, you said, uh, do you feel like you were strong? I think was that your question? Yeah. Do you feel like you were strong? And I, I have been reflecting on that thinking like I, um, I think I feel less, w- less of what I perceive as strong and more, uh, adaptable. I said, do you feel strong? Like, do you feel like resilient coming mm-hmm. out of this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think that part of my strength is that adaptability, right? Like that uh, ability to pivot and say, this isn't what I wanted. I feel robbed in some ways. I feel, um, I feel 
like something got stolen from me. But also, I feel so much gratitude. Yeah. And and I think that's a strength that I'm recognizing in myself. It's like, oh, yeah, that is actually really strong yeah. to be able to to hold both of those. Yeah. I'm going to be uh, intrigued and I'm interested in seeing how, you know, this story continues to play out in your own process and in your own life as mm-hmm. you continue to, like, live your truth of, like, trusting your body, mm-hmm. right, and really living and, yeah. and, and embodying that truth but knowing that now you have this, you know, a C-section, I don't know. There's something there, I think, that's just going to be really big, really expansive. Yeah. Um, and I think this moment is is going to be a moment that we'll look back on and say, hey, like, so many things changed in our lives and it started here. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Well, there you have it. There um, you have it, our birth our, story. That's our birth story. A <laughs> <laughs> little long-winded. Mine but. is all the tears that actually happened throughout those Ugh, days. Oh, so many tears. Uh, but we're home, Kara. You are fierce really really fierce i mean the fact that you're we took a walk yesterday (laughs) you know you're incredible honestly i love you so much i love you i miss you i I know i want to cuddle (laughs) (laughs) no sex for five more weeks yeah five more weeks (laughs) sorry baby um but honestly i honor you i love you. you you're incredible and uh we will be back next week with a new episode and like always thank you for listening I'm feeling good today. Oh, I'm feeling good today. Oh.